0: If I may reiterate what everybody else has said, it's good to see all of you this morning. I always look forward to Sunday mornings because it's us. We get to be together and we get to worship. Amen? Amen. To those faces of those folks who have been here like two or three times now as you've settled into Manhattan, we're really glad you're with us. If you're new to us for the first time today, my name is Brian. I'm our lead pastor. And uh, we are jumping into a new series today uh, through the book of Ephesians, the letter to the church in Ephesus. And so I also want to make sure Koi, I really appreciate you praying for our online people. And so for our folks that are with us online today We're glad you're with us too There's this, there are these sermon notes That Brenna brought up here that are on the back of your worship guide This is an outline of what we're going to you, you picked a great weekend to be here Because we're starting in something new And so for those who are online This is on, on our Facebook live it's, it's posted there, it's also on our website You can follow along uh, and join in or with us So let's jump in Because there's some pretty exciting stuff to do today So I want you to turn in your Bibles To the book of Ephesians or letter to the Ephesians It's about 80%, ooh, maybe 90% of the way through your Bible It's a small book, only six chapters And uh, this is a letter in the New Testament And we're going to spend six weeks here There's six chapters, so we're going to spend six weeks going through it I'd ask today that you pull out your paper copy Or you pull out your digital copy There's going to be times where you will not see the Scripture up here I want you pointing at it, I want you looking at it If you don't have a Bible Please help us. We'd love to give you one for free today. We have actually some up here. Just nobody wants to make the walk of shame up here to get their Bible because they forgot it. But if you want one right now, just raise your hand. Is there anybody that needs one? Forgot it. We'll just say you forgot it because we'd love to give you one. Okay. We all good? Upper deck? We're good? All right. So join in there with me as we go through chapter 1 today uh, and, and one of the neat things about the, the letter to the Ephesians was it's, it's one of the most, it's a very unique letter It's one of the most encouraging letters in the whole New Testament It's a kind of a, a very upbeat, li- intimate letter And I think we're going to just see that as we jump into chapter 1 together today But what I hope what I hope you know we always say the Bible wasn't written to us but it's written for us this was written to a church in the city of Ephesus or in that area and so I hope that we are is encouraged and I'm hoping you're going to take a lot of notes today I would get ready to take some notes because I'm going to add a few things in here and I would hope during the week you go back into these chapters and explore them on your own or explore them with somebody else and let the Holy Spirit talk to you about how uh, he's speaking through all of us together When we look at this book, there's probably, there's several ways you can approach it, but there's two themes that are very common as we approach this book, and those two themes are unity and peace. So we're very intentional about putting this book because I, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if I go a day without somebody brokenhearted about the division that's going on in our world, our nation, and our culture. So it's time to talk about this. And this book deals with unity and peace all the way through. And we're going to set the foundation for what we're going to talk about for the next six weeks today. And so that's the topic on our minds. How do we work in such a divided world in such a divided time? And how do we be exactly what Christ has called us to be different? And so what does a church in a community 2,000 years ago Tell us about unity and peace Today All I can tell you is a lot So you ready Okay you're not Alright let's just let's wait till next week Y'all go home <laughs> and we'll come back This super encouraging letter is going to Encourage all of us let's jump in So right here first chapter one Starting in verse one let's set the stage here What's going on this letter is from Paul chosen by the will of God To be an apostle of Christ Jesus I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Beautiful opening, but let's talk about what here. So we know this is written by Paul and so Paul is what we call an apostle an apostle is an early church leader that kind of sets the foundation of the church they're very instrumental in the church uh, rocketing out after Jesus' death and resurrection and so we know it's from Paul but what should knock our socks off a little bit there's going to be a lot that knocks our socks off today but what should knock our socks off is Paul was the very one who was persecuting the early Christian church actually if you look at enough of the detail of scripture he was actually accessory to murder to stop the Christian church, and yet he encounters Christ and becomes the champion who plants most of the churches. So when you're seeing a letter written by this guy, we ought to sit up and pay attention because it's one life dramatically transformed. And it's written by him. So we know this. Let me put a map up here. We know that Paul went to Ephesus on his second missionary journey. We know that Paul did three missionary journeys. We talked about the Church of Antioch last week, and he kind of launched out there, and so that's way down here in the lower right-hand corner of your screen. I'm not going to use a laser pointer because our online people can't follow my (laughs) laser pointer. I learned that lesson last time. It was funny. So Jerusalem's way down the lower right hand of your screen there and so he went up around the Mediterranean and where that red arrow is He was actually on the way back on his second missionary journey when he landed in the town of Ephesus But it was on his third journey So he left some people there that started the church But it was his third journey that he comes around and he stays there for two years This is something he doesn't do anywhere else He stays there for two years and pours into this church so why Ephesus why is this so important why is this intimate letter written because he really got to know these folks we know this letter is written around 60 to 62 AD so about 27 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus and so we know Paul writes this also after his second missionary journey uh, a short while later so let's talk about Ephesus well why is Ephesus so big well it is big Ephesus actually is the third-largest city in the Roman Empire, behind Rome and Alexander, Egypt. So big cities in those times aren't millions like we think, in general. It's a town of about, a city of about 250,000 people, or five times bigger than Manhattan. So it's really big in their time. So 250,000 people, it's a port city right off the Aegean Sea. It has a little river that goes up there, and they bring the port right up to the city. It's beautiful. It's got an amphitheater that holds 25,000 people Which is twice as big as Bramlage Coliseum And so it's it's an affluent city It's it's an impressive city It's what we would call one one of the epicenters of Greek and Roman culture And it's right along one of the major trade routes So everybody's coming here One big thing about this place is also the Temple of Artemis The Temple of Artemis is here, it's just outside the city, just a little ways. It's one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And so the Temple of Artemis uh, is about the size of a football field. It took 120 years to build it. It's made originally out of marble all the way through. And so this is a artist's rendition of what this temple looked like. It is a temple of Artemis. Artemis is a female virgin goddess of uh, Greek culture. Uh, we would say in Rome they called her Diana. So it's the temple of Artemis and Diana. So we know that, that this god they worship, uh, Artemis and Diana, is, is a virgin goddess of hunt, forest, animals, and fertility. And so when we look at Ephesus with its amphitheater and it has a hippodrome, races, a chariot races, it's it's so beautiful, so affluent, and it's so dark, because it is the center of pagan worship. People from all the Mediterranean come around. It's like Disneyland. They come there for one reason: that's to worship. They can buy these little icons of Diana and Artemis and take them home and continue to worship, so it's kind of like a dark Disneyland. And Paul and a few others decide to plant a church here with all that going on to worship the true God and worship the Savior Jesus Christ. So impactful is this church. So I want you to write down in your notes homework assignment this week go to the book of Acts chapter 19 and you'll read what kind of happens in the city when Paul's there this, this little church and don't think of it as a church like we go and build a building this is church in homes as Christians come and start to spread this letter is probably really written to not a building it's well it's not written to a building it's written to a, a group of people in an area maybe even a little bit wider area than just Ephesus and we know this church is making such an impact when you go read Acts 19 because the silversmiths who make the little gods that you can take home when you come to Disneyland they get really mad because people are not worshipping and starting to leave the temple and they're worshipping the one and true savior and they cause a city riot against them so they're making a big impact in this crossroads big city of what is today modern day Turkey western coast of modern Turkey back then it's Asia Minor A couple other things about this is is Paul is writing this to them He's writing it, Paul usually writes Most of his letters in the New Testament He's usually correcting the church We don't really see that here We see a very encouraging letter But what's interesting is Paul is writing it From prison in Rome And just imagine being in prison in Rome And writing encouraging letters to everybody else Because that's exactly what Paul's doing here R. Kent Hughes would say there's so many ways you can break down the book of Ephesians as we go through it But there's a way that he broke it down which I kind of like He says there's there's a lot of people say there's three ways you can look at this book There's three movements The first uh, R. Kent Hughes would say is the wealth The second is the walk of the church The wealth of the church The walk of the church The stand of the church is the third And so I like that because I want to talk about the first part that's right here in chapter one The wealth Let's start with the wealth Do you feel wealthy this morning? the church word I would probably use is do you feel blessed man first service roared back yeah we feel blessed you guys feel blessed you know my goal every week is not to sit here and just preach to you my goal is to join in with you and have a conversation with you I want to hear how you're blessed I want you online to go on Facebook live and say this is how I'm blessed today I want to know how you're blessed tell me how are you blessed today how do you feel it give me something Family, huge, right? What a blessing! So, really good opportunities. Sorry, did I catch all that? Yeah, like everything is in front of us, right? Today, it's like the world is our oyster type opportunities, and who knows? Good. God's love. Freedom of worship. I'm sorry (laughs) You made it to senior in high school (laughs) That is a blessing It is I heard something over here Freedom Freedom. Being forgiven forgiven. Health Health? Health. Yeah Health Needs are met met. It's not hot I had a wedding rehearsal Friday night it was 94 degrees it was 59 yesterday when we started the wedding and it was raining we prayed God stop it was an outdoor wedding we prayed God stop the rain and he stopped the rain for a half hour (laughs) and we had a wedding outside it was pretty cool it was cool it was 59 degrees it was 94 the day before that was so cool God's just so good you know what's interesting is most of what we shared today is exactly what I thought they're mostly temporal blessings the physical the now and th- those are blessings and they're really good and they're really important but what if I share with you we're going to read scripture here that says we're overwhelmed by such a bigger blessing and this blessing that I want to share with you that Paul writes to the early church will change your outlook every day are you ready to be overwhelmed by that blessing All right, let's jump into this. Ephesians one, verse three. All praise to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. so Paul starts out this letter and I want you to underline in your Bibles every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm we talked about some of those most of what we talked about today was in the physical realm but he's painting a much bigger blessing that's going to just blow your socks off but he says understand this first first sermon note today understand this first before we talk about these blessings being united in Christ brings us these blessings He says you have been blessed with every blessing in the heavenly realm Because you are united in Christ So that's really important we understand where this comes from as we lay the foundation Paul uses In his letters the phrase in Christ or a derivative something close to it 169 times nobody else uses this So when we hear in Christ with Christ one thing I want us to understand, maybe a simple definition, wasn't it mean to be in Christ? It means to be a new creation. That's right from scripture. To be in Christ means to be a new creation. It means to be radically transformed. So keep that definition in mind. What does it mean to be in Christ? I am completely changed because of him. So heavenly realm. So what are these spiritual blessings from the heavenly realm? What's interesting is he's saying Jesus sits today at the right hand of the Father. He comes to us through the Spirit. He's connected to us through the Holy Spirit. But he's at the he- so he's in the heavenly realm. And because of this, Jesus actually elevates us into that heavenly realm. Remember l- the last two, three weeks we talked about the kingdom of heaven is here Now? And we got to understand that because of what Christ did and where he's at and because of the Holy Spirit, we have actually physical blessings, but we actually have spiritual blessings that elevate us into the heavenly realm with him. What are those? Well, he explains them. Here we go. Let's start in verse 4. So while we physically live on earth, we spiritually live in both heaven and earth because it's here and there. So verse 4, here are the blessings of the heavenly realm on the church Verse 4 it says Even before he made the world God loved us And chose us in Christ To be holy and without fault In his eyes So this is really cool The first blessing is God sees you and I Because of who are in Christ He sees us as holy and faultless And how many of us Are really faultless But we are in his eyes The spiritual blessing, the heavenly realm God sees us through Christ Holy And actually perfect I don't know if that wipes you out today But that's a great place to start Because I imagine some of us don't really kind of feel like we're in that space right now Not only that we go to verse 5 Verse 5 it says God decided in advance To adopt us into his own family By bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. All right, there's a second heavenly blessing is that God adopts us through Christ. J.I. Packer, pastor, he said this. He said, Do you know how well a person understands what Christianity is all about? He says, Ask them what they think of being God's child and Him being their daddy, Abba, Father. Jesus used the term father all the time, and it was a very intimate term. And it's the word that we use today. We should feel that we do not have to wait until we're dead and we rise to new life to be adopted into God's family. We are adopted into his family right now. And the scripture reminds us of that. And one day we'll all be together in that family, fully revealed. But not only does he choose and love us in Christ as holy and flawless, he adopts us now in his family because of Christ and through him. Third thing, let's jump to verse 6. So we praise God for the glorious grace he's poured out on us who belong to his dear son. So the third thing, God pours out grace from the heavenly realm. What is grace? A simple definition of grace is God's overwhelming kindness and favor towards us. Almost every blessing you talked about this morning when we went around the room was because of his grace. And it says here that God's grace drowns us. It's poured out on us. It overwhelms us when we belong to Christ. And because of that, we praise It's why we start every worship service here in praise. It's why we always finish in praise, because we're overwhelmed by the grace of God. So he loves us and chooses us in Christ. He adopts us through Christ. He pours out grace in those who belong to Christ. And then verse 7, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. So, that last one there, God purchases our freedom in the blood of Christ. Look at that list. We are free now. We're free from sin and the penalty of it because of Jesus. And, ladies and gentlemen, you're free from the shame of it, too. We need to remember that. We have that now, we have freedom now totally forgiven. We're set free, not just for now, we're set free forever. Why? Because of the blood of Christ. Our freedom was purchased by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. He paid the price for sin that we couldn't pay. There's no way we could pay it. And that set us free from the penalty and the shame of it. Look at that list. Are you overwhelmed in blessing? This is the big picture blessing, right? Every blessing you talked about was spot on and it was good, but it does not compare to this because sometimes blessings and things depend on circumstances or what's going on in life. This does not. This we always have. This can never be taken away from us who belong to Christ and who are in him. We should be overwhelmed of God's grace but there's more Paul keeps going second sermon note God reveals his mysterious plan regarding Jesus God's ultimate plan for us is a mystery meaning we can't figure it out by human reason or thought it requires divine revelation it requires an interaction of the Holy Spirit And that revelation comes to, that mysterious plan is revealed to Those who believe who are in Christ The Holy Spirit reveals God's mysterious plan And other people can't see it Ephesians 1, going to verse 9 God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ Which is to fulfill his own good plan And this is the plan, here it is guys here's the plan at the right time he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ everything in heaven and on earth and furthermore because we are united in Christ or united with Christ we have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan and when you believed in Christ He identified you as his own By giving you the Holy Spirit Whom he promised long ago The Spirit is God's guarantee That he will give us the inheritance He promised and that he has purchased us To be his own people He did this So we could praise and glorify him Hallelujah (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm hoping you online people Are just shouting hallelujah All over Facebook live we look at this whole book there's a lot of history here but it has a reason it's heading towards an ultimate goal god says i have a plan it's mysterious but it's not to you who are in christ i'm bringing everything together under his lordship one day jesus comes back he pulls everything together heaven and earth we're all one big family and ladies and gentlemen sin pain suffering are gone forever it cannot exist that's the mysterious plan and in this I already gave you a list of four heavenly blessings let's add two more inheritance verse 11 he says also that you have an inheritance I don't know if any of you have an inheritance you're looking for like a, a physical inheritance or something like that but th- we're inheriting all this who are in Christ when we read in Corinthians and no eye has seen no ear has heard no mind could possibly imagine has what God has in store for him or for her We should be jacked about that. There's no way we can get our minds around what's coming up, but it is so good. But not only did he promise the blessing of the inheritance, but he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit to keep all this illuminated, to help us all understand, and to keep us going forward. Supernatural power of God in us, around us. Who's feeling wealthy now? Amen. (laughs) Can you see his blessing overwhelms when you look at the big picture? And this is what gives us hope and gives us going forward. Last week we talked about this. Keep your eye on the kingdom, not what's going on. Not that what's going on around us isn't important, but when we take our eyes off that, we lose that hope and, and that light. How wealthy are we? Let me summarize what Paul just said. We are loved, adopted, forgiven, redeemed, freed, overwhelmed with grace, sons and daughters of the king. We have an inheritance with God, and we have the power of the Holy Spirit in and around us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's what keeps us going. Heavenly blessings right now for those who believe. All because we are united as one in Christ. I hope we feel blessed because ladies and gentlemen we need to live as people of light and hope not of fear and despair and this is a big battle going on right now and every time we look at those heavenly, heavenly blessings and how good God's grace is we respond in praise let's wake up in praise let's go to bed in praise then Paul's letter shifts we see a shift in chapter 1 to prayer jump with me to verse 15 Paul says, ever since, remember he's writing this from prison, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. And I pray for you constantly. Imagine receiving this letter. Paul shares I haven't stopped thanking God I pray Constantly and then Paul goes on to I want you To get your finger back in the Bible he's going to show us Three things he's praying about Paul's prayers for the church first it's in verse 17 verse 17 Paul says I'm I'm praying for you Constantly and I'm asking God the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ to give You spiritual wisdom and insight So that you may grow In your knowledge Of God So that's the first one. Paul's prayer says, keep growing. Like, don't stop. I want you to have the spiritual wisdom that you will come to know God through Christ for when we see Christ, we see God. And knowing God, remember, I know I say this a lot, but it's worth drumming every time. Knowing God and through Christ is not filling our head up with facts. It's changing our heart and transforming our lives and falling in love with him more every day. That's what this knowledge word is based off of we gather here on Sunday and throughout the week to worship when we worship together as one body we know him more when we read the Bible together when we gather during the week and we study and lift it up and worship through studying scripture that's worship we grow and like Wayne said there are 50 people plus right now for children youth and adults who are saying let's grow together we're ready for you this week don't walk out of here and just say I can go do this on my own That is a place where you can grow somewhat. Not like you can grow in community. So plug in because we know him together and we learn together. And like Wayne said, there's 50 people that want to pour into you right now and grow together. Not only that, Paul, he goes into verse 18. He says, this is what I pray for. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. So that you can understand The confident hope He's given To those He called His holy people Who are His rich And glorious Inheritance Paul says I'm praying That your hearts Are flooded Flooded With light and hope Flooded (laughs) That's not like Hey I hope you have Some light and hope I hope you're flooded With it And what do Flooded people do It flows out of them when I'm flooded and saturated I carry that light and hope to others why are they flooded with light and hope because they're keeping their eye on all those heavenly blessings of whose they are and where they're going and that determines our mission now and the last thing he prays about in verse 19 and 20 he says I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power For us who believe him this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in a place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms Paul writes I'm praying that you're going to keep growing that you're going to have flooded hearts of light and hope and that you understand the great power that is on you in you and around you the power of the Holy Spirit that same power how great is this power that same power saved you and I took wretches like us (laughs) and made us what we are today. That same power is changing us and transforming us every day where we've all been and where we're going. I had a great talk with somebody right before service this morning said, I'm this old and I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still awakening to his love and his power and, his, and just knowledge of him. Yeah, it doesn't stop. It just keeps getting better. that same power saved us that same power changes us and ladies and gentlemen that same power will go into the ground and take our little pile of bones and it will resurrect us just as it did Jesus and that power is to be used to help transform others that power is in us to change save change and resurrect others it is not us He chooses to work through us And you're good at it Just keep going That's Paul's prayer For this church That's in that tough place And that prayer continues for us And it will work As long as we're unified in Christ We will continue to grow Have flooded hearts And have great power To change the world Who's out there divided Hurting And suffering. Paul wraps up chapter 1. Let's jump to verse 22 together. God has put all things under the authority of Christ, and he has made him head over all things for the benefit of who? The The church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Isn't that beautiful? this verse summarizes everything we're talking about today it brings us back to the center our unity will only exist when we're centered in Christ that is the whole foundation of what we're talking about before we talk about anything else and division in the world anything else next few weeks we gotta land on this we are only unified as one in Christ that is the only foundation we can stand on the center of our unity is not what it's who so your last sermon note unity in Christ makes our church full and complete We are a body And Christ is our head your pastor your elders are not the head of this church Christ is the head of this church. He is the head. We are the body We are unified by him. We're not a bunch of loose parts He brings all of us look at this room. He brings all of us not as loose parts but tightly held together parts, each different working together as one. Our fullness as a church is because of the one who fills us. The more he fills you, the more we are full. But what's interesting, in this theological phrase might throw you off a little bit, but I want to let you know that we fill him. Now this might, I mean, this might rub you a little bit, but let me, let me walk through this. If he's ahead and we're the body, then it is our response that fills him Our King Hughes says this he says the bridegroom is not complete without the bride the vine is not complete without the branches the shepherd is not complete without the sheep and the head is not complete without the body Jesus chooses in love to define completeness with his relationship with us and if nothing else overwhelmed you today I hope that does who's feeling overwhelmed with blessing now (laughs) are we there because we got a lot of work to do this is where we keep our eyes and this is where we start in the next five chapters, next five weeks, we're going to be talking off and on about what divides us. It's going to be a harder conversation. We've got to keep coming back to week one. This is what unifies us, and this is so important. The question, by the time we finish the book of Ephesians, is not what we are going to do with this book, but what is the book doing to us as one body? Amen? So I would like to go into offering here Offering is always our chance of worship together as one in one room and online to respond to overwhelming grace and blessing. And so think about how we can respond. Am I unified is gonna be a big question next five weeks. Am I unified in the body? Am I centered on him? We need to start there together. That might be our offering today that some things are distracting me from that. Let's all get on center That's the first one Time our treasure Our talent If we're so overwhelmed By his blessing Can we try to some way Overwhelm him With our love In return and response That's how we give Of our time Our treasure And our talent If you have a financial gift today You can drop it off In the box when you leave That fuels the mission Of this church But would you ask In his heart What can I do different To unify the body And it starts with Jesus first And where do I need to be there? Let's pray together about that. Hey, when you leave today to our guests, would you drop that connect card? Because we want to see, is he calling you to this body? Because we want you to be unified with us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for Paul. What a story that he writes this. What a church in the midst of a crazy dark place. And they boldly go in there unified in Christ. And Paul just writes this letter like, I am so Amazed at your faith now let's grow and let's go change the world and we only can do that unified in Christ and in his power Father I pray over the next five weeks as we hit on topics that are going to be a little tougher I think that we stay grounded here and we figure out ways to work the other parts out and we do all this so that the world will believe the world is looking for unity right now. And Christ's church is the only example of where unity can come from. Father, I lift up this body to you to change our hearts, transform us in your word, and move us forward as one in Christ. And we pray this in his name. Amen. <laughs>